everyone, and welcome to The Crusher. I am very, very happy to welcome a very special guest today, uh, someone who I've always enjoyed uh, talking to. Uh, I think that she's, uh, she's funny, and she is always insightful. And before we start, you know, Liz Taylor, when John Wayne died, she said the famous words, John Wayne, America. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. When I think of America, I think of my guest, Susan Olson. Now that's America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what? Um, not, not, not boastful. I don't mean this boastfully, <laughs> but I think that too. And it's something, you know, it's like the whole wholesome image of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. You know, it used to make me throw up in my mouth a little bit. And, um, and now that, you know, I'm a patriot and, mo- and a mother, <laughs> I'm like, I believe in everything that the bunch stands for. Listen, Especially I'm all, since it's all being attacked. I'm all about Western civilization and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brady Bunch, uh, one of the last outposts of Western civilization. But um, let's, let's talk about what you're doing now, Susan. You've been uh, an actress, a graphic artist, a radio host. Uh, and I also, uh, you are, as far as I remember, you are uh, working in arts education. You have a lot going on. Tell us what you're up to right now. Um, you know, kind of, I'm in semi-retirement. Um, I teach acting and filmmaking at a performing arts school um, in the Santa Clarita Valley called Vibe Performing Arts. So um, it's, it's like my side hustle. Um, and I, I get paid to play with other people's children. I, you can't top that. I mean, it's, no, it's really, great. really fun, especially the filmmaking, because we come up with some of the lamest, weirdest stories. And um, we always use green screen. There's always some special effects. Um, I'm one of those be- act- I'm, not, I'm not an actor that always wanted to be a director, because I, I think I'm a lousy director. Um, I always wanted to do special effects. <laughs> it's got to be very gratifying. Yeah, it is. It is because the kids are really fun. Um, I teach in an area. It it was different when I taught in Hollywood, I'd have to say. And it wasn't so much fun. I had um, I had a mother take her nine year old son out of the class because I wouldn't teach him the method. I'm like, the method is for grownups who have forgotten what it's like to be a child. And to have an imagination. Well She's yeah. like, what chapter of this book should he be reading? I'm like, no, no, no. Have him read adventures. Have him read fiction, you know, things. Because he's he's learning to be a storyteller. And uh, that just wouldn't do. You know, he needed to learn about the method. Chil- children are still very much in touch with their emotions. They haven't intellectualized them away. Uh, and, you know, it's in, my wife was in the playwrights division of the actor's studio. Uh, and, uh, oh. yeah, she was, she was in that. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I grew up learning, uh, I, you know, I grew up learning all that. So I, I can definitely appreciate that. I, I can also imagine there's probably a lot of parents who, who they're, they're very focused, probably not unlike, um, sports, sports parents. They're very, uh, they're very into like, this kid's got to make it, you know what well, I mean? Like there's some business angle or something. It's a double-edged sword because you can also say, you know, like, you know, okay, Tiger Woods, you know, stolen childhood, but he wouldn't be where he is if he didn't have his father breathing down his neck. I mean, you know, no child wants to practice the piano, 
Um, people talk well, well, wait, about- Wait, Susan, let me interrupt you. Those are skills. I'm just focusing on the parents who want to hustle. Skills yeah. are well worth developing, but you know what I mean? Like the parents who yes. want to hustle. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, and I think that was the, the difference between where I teach now and like teaching in Hollywood. Um, the parents are not so focused on having a kid who's successful. They're more, and I, and I tell them straight up, I don't care if they become professional right. actors. I'm going to teach right. this as though they will, but um, I'm, I'm mostly teaching because it, it does good things for the kid, for, for their future. They're, they're much better at expressing themselves. Um, I, 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 it, it's trivial, but it's one of my favorite comments that I got from the parent is um, she came up to me and she says, you know, my, my daughter orders in a restaurant with more confidence. You know, she yep. speaks up for herself now. Yep. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're going to regret that, but yeah, <laughs> you can be the, you can, you can be brilliant, but if you can't communicate, you know, so let's say your kid becomes a scientist, whatever, if you can't get up in front of people and communicate, mm-hmm. then, then, you know, that doesn't help. So I, I think the arts are wonderful no matter what you do. Oh yeah. And uh, so, uh, and they all work together. I, you know, yes, my kids do. get folders immediately. I'm like, if you don't decorate these, I'm going to be mad at you. <laughs> so yep. show me your artwork. So uh, Susan, let's. Uh, I want to get on to the, the topics of the day, and we'll get. Uh, I guess we'll get into some more serious stuff. Uh, well, even more serious stuff later because there's some truly awful stuff happening in this world, and you, you, uh, you you're always interesting to talk to. Uh, but we're going to start with. Let's start with because it's been a. Uh, a few years since I spoke with you on air. Uh, let's talk about the pandemic and the authoritarianism that f- that flowed from that, because I know you were very vocal about it, and uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on where we stand now. It's almost four years. I still see people walking around with masks. God knows why, but okay. What? Tell me about your experience with the pandemic and and your thoughts on this what I thought was authoritarian madness. Well, I'd have to say because of my political leanings and my obsession with what's going on, um, I immediately smelled the totalitarianism of it. And um, I, ha- I you know, kept my pointy little head. I never fell for it. It, it didn't pass the smell test. And um, my son, who is on the autistic spectrum, was in a group home. And my biggest fear was not really what the virus could do to him, but what the government could do to him. And um, the minute that I saw that they were squashing uh, the use of of these well-known medications that some doctors were saying, you know, Dr. Zelenko um, saying that they worked. It's like, okay, now it's really fishy because it's ivermectin. Now I've had ivermectin around the house for a good, you know, 15 to 20 years because yes, we do use it on animals and I've been involved in animal rescue and, um, you know, one in every five kittens that I would take in needed ivermectin for ear mites and other parasites. But um, ivermectin did not win 
the Nobel Prize for being a good horse dewormer. And um, I think that the left showed their truly racist roots by claiming that it was a medication for livestock. Um, I'm sorry, but it saved thousands, thousands of lives. Oh, but they were they were lives in Africa. Oh, so black lives don't matter. No. You're calling no. them livestock. No, no, no. And, and let me jump in on that note because we're going to get into this. And, you know, we're so crazy right now, Susan, that, I mean, if look, if you're going to shut people up like Jay Bhattacharya and Dr. Drew and anybody, th- th- that's not science. Science is, a, you know, is about rigor and, and yes. examining these things. But look, you mentioned it's used all over Africa. But here's the thing, and we're, this will touch everything we talk about today. If Donald Trump recommended it, then we have to reject it, even if it might be real. Like if he wanted to handle the border, no, 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 we have to open the border. If he if he thought that uh, we should have deals with uh, moderate Muslim countries, we're not going to celebrate those. Uh, but, you know, it, it, anything he said, they had to do the opposite. Yeah. Gas should be two bucks. No, gas should be nine bucks. You know, so but but we'll we'll double yeah. back to the pandemic because I I mean, look. Gavin Newsom wants to be the president of the United States. I'm sorry. It's a reaction. I just no, 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 no. No, please react. Please react. Yeah. He wants to be the president of the United States. His kids, Susan, his kids were in school every day. My kids were in their bedrooms, locked away from their friends. It, it, it's insane what we went for through the and pandemic. not for me. I mean, he, no, he would be King Newsom, new scum. I can't imagine. He probably wouldn't be able to ride in elevators anymore because his head would swell so ginormously if he became president. Well, Susan, let me say this. I think that it may be easier than we think it is because I, I am very cynical sometimes. And I think that people will say, oh, he's a younger, better looking Democrat. I'll vote for him. And, 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 you know, and we'll get into this too, but you look at the state of California. So but coming back to the pandemic, I, I thought that this is the most authoritarian guy mm-hmm. and he's getting away with this nonsense and people's businesses are closed mm-hmm. and the schools are closed. And he's kowtowing to a teacher's union that when they're asked if it's healthy enough to safe enough to teach the kids, which it always was, by the way, oh, he, yeah. he, the teacher's union says we have a list of political demands. And we said, we didn't ask you about your political demands. Yeah. This pandemic was insane, and Newsom's insane. Well, I think for a lot of people, it exposed things like, you know, unions were a great idea at one time, and then they went past that, and they became too powerful. And for a a labor union to have political demands shows you what they're all about. I'm going to let you continue, but remember, this is a public servant union, not people working for Exxon. Mm-hmm. It's the people who work for the taxpayers. Yes, it's a little yes. different, but but so it's even worse. But go ahead, please continue. Yeah, definitely worse. And and all of these people, all of the public servants. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's still some good ones, but they seem to have lost sight of that fact. Um, I mean, how does anybody become a public servant and come out of office filthy rich? just filthy rich. And I mean filthy because it's dirty money. And that seems to be all that's going on now. And, um, you know, it's nothing 
like what the founders and framers had in mind, which I respect very much and I understand very much. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, like capitalism getting a bad rap. No, you're not even talking about capitalism. You're talking about crony corporatism. And I agree. That's terrible. Actually, we're talking about fascism when private businesses and corporations can control the legal system and the policies of our government. Yeah, and corporate corporatism, uh, corporate welfare things, uh, ba- bank bailouts, those are a product of socialism. Uh, yes. And, 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 and fascism is a, a sister of that. But, um, you know, I, I look, I, I just, we, we close people out of their businesses. These lockouts went out on forever. And there was always, and then these public servants, Barbara Ferrer, people here in L.A., uh, they're not even scientists, and and they somehow have the power to to tell your kid when he can go back to school. And Susan, just to finish on the pandemic, we we hear the number one million dead, one million dead. I have not heard the numbers who died from COVID and who died with COVID. Do you think we'll ever hear well, and that number? The the number that intrigues me the most, that I think is the most important, is the number of people who died from the hospital. And I, I call that murder. And I think the investigation of remdesivir, or as I like to call it, run death is near, um, is, is as important, if not more important than the investigation of the um, bioweapon that they called a vaccine. And um, the people that touted it, I mean, I, I want to see, I want to see Fauci where he belongs. Um, but I, I do think that when he looked in the camera and said, we've tried this on Ebola and it proved in the trials to be safe and effective. Well, it proved to be effective. It killed 53 or 54 percent of the people. Um, they had to pull it from the trials because it was so deadly. And he knew that because he funded those trials. He oversaw those trials. He later on fudged the numbers in those trials. But he knew he knew that it would kill. And that the death would look like COVID pneumonia. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe he didn't know that. But I think it's time for him to explain himself. I think he did well, something well, very yeah. similar with AIDS. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Susan. That, uh, I don't know if he'll ever um, have his... I don't know if he'll ever truly be put on the I spot. I don't think he will. Uh, you have a fifth estate uh, media in this country that uh, is fawning over uh, everything... Uh, regard anything that the left says, uh, which is a, a, a much bigger issue. Now, let's uh, unless you have anything else you want to add about the pandemic, I want to well, move just, on to, but to California. To, but please go ahead. To treat the cult members with kindness, they may not be alive much longer, um, but it is it's a it's a self protection. They don't want to know the facts, so don't try to tell them the facts because all you're telling them is, yeah, well, you know, it could take up to five years to kill you, and, and you've given it to your child, they don't want to know. So I, I do understand that to some extent. But, you know, to hide your head in the sand, it, that's, that's how history repeats itself. Well, and, and listen, Susan, they circled the wagons on people with regard to, you know, you need your job, but we're going to make it almost impossible for you to come back to work yeah. if you don't take a, a, a jab and... Uh, I was shunned from holiday festivities because I was unclean. 
<laughs> I well, like listen, being a pure blood. <laughs> well, listen, uh, well, two things. We're going to talk about something that is very unclean, which is the state of California. And speaking of being a pure blood, uh, I've been here almost 26 years, but you have been here your entire life, right? So uh, let's oh, let's yeah. get yeah. let's get your thoughts on the state of California. And um, Susan, you went to high school in the Valley, San Fernando Valley, which is where I'm sitting right now. And uh, my kids go to Granada, yeah, just... and, and 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 you lived in the Valley during its heyday. Uh, I am a big believer that we get what we tolerate, and. Los Angeles, and I guess San Francisco, I, I'm not going there anytime soon. Uh, we tolerate, Susan, we tolerate things that other liberal cities, they're not tolerating. We, we tolerate a level of madness here now uh, that is just shocking to me that we need mental institutions. Uh, that's not politically correct. We, we, have a, we have a homeless situation that to me is rooted in mental illness and drug addiction. And um, we and and for some insane reason, and I'm going to shut up and let you talk. For some insane reason, the idea of mental hospitals can't be smoke, spoken about. Uh, you can't say it's about mental illness and drug addiction. You have to buy into some myth that it's about some woman out on the street with her kids. I'll take you to any homeless encampment if you want to see what's really there: fentanyl, methamphetamine, etc. What are your thoughts of the choices that we have made? here in Los Angeles? Well, unfortunately, I think it's a product of a very vainglorious society. Um, you know, we are the capital of the entertainment industry, which is, you know, about as narcissistic as anything could get. Um, it's, it's, it's people constantly trying to feel good about themselves. Um, it, it's, it's like a, a spiritual Dunning-Kroger <clears throat> effect. Which the, the Dunning-Kroger effect is that people that are actually of lower intelligence often think that they are of supreme, superior intelligence. And so these people that barely scratch the surface of things fancy themselves as being deep. So, you know, I'm going to, and, and, and it's, you know, it's sad. It's like that, that poem that Trump read, um, you know, you knew I was a snake all along. I, you know, I'm going to take in this this homeless person and everything's going to be great because my heart is in the right place. And yes, your heart may be in the right place, but your brain's gone bye-bye. Your heart means nothing if it doesn't have a brain backing it. And so all of these altruistic efforts may have had a good foundation, but at this point now, it's just people... I mean, you look at the people that are protesting anything. They're, they're, um, it's, it's all about them. It's really not about the people that they supposedly are helping. Because if they were really looking at that situation with reality and honesty, they would realize they're not helping anything. They're making things worse. I understand why Reagan shut down the, um, the hospitals. Because it, it was unfair. It, it did take away people's rights. A lot of those places were hell holes. Yeah. It's a long time um, ago. Yeah. It's a long yeah. time ago. So but who's there needed responsible to be a replacement. Now? Yeah, who's responsible now? I mean, you know, this is a long time ago. Who, I, I who, think, you know I think I mean? who's responsible point, now are our mostly leftist politicians. In California, in California, it's a super majority, Susan. There's yeah. nobody... 
Well, in the it, middle, it, though, it, like like in the green belt of California, middle California, it's actually very conservative, but yeah. they don't get much voice. Yeah. Um, it, yes, and it's all appealing to if you don't feel this way, you don't have any compassion, you know, and maybe maybe I'm hardened to this because I work. I, I've done a lot with animal rescue. And the worst thing you can get is the, the, the woman that comes into the shelter and wants to take all of the kittens. And I, I did kitten rescue. I was trained to do puppies too, but it's just, it's raining kittens. I mean, people don't spay and neuter and they let their cats wander around. So, I mean, there's, there's just, you try to help, but you can barely make a dent in the numbers. But um, so I did that for, for over 10 years, taking the foster babies and bottle feeding them. And you'd see these, you know, women come in with their eyes glazed over and, Good intentions, yeah. But if you take all of them, if you take in too many, they're all going to die. Yeah, and there's a delusion, Susan. There's a delusion that um, you know that's at hand here. I mean, you're talking about people with major mental illness sleeping on pavement in a tent, and this is not a way you treat mental illness. Mm-hmm. And we throw welfare at it, we throw checks at it, then. Much of the, and it's not just the weather, much of the country's homeless, 50% of the country's homeless is in California. Yeah. So now let's talk about our, our, our buddy Newsom, who is cleaning up San Francisco now because President Xi of China is coming. So now he wants to clean it up. Oh, does he have a pooper scooper? This, he, he, I'd like he to needs, see that. So it's going to be a big pooper scooper. So <laughs> you you have a very delusional uh, base of people here and 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 all these things that are taboo i mean you look at guys like michael schellenberger writes a book called san francisco he oh, lays out him. he lays out the data he's a liberal guy he lays mm-hmm. out the data they're calling him a racist and he's a right winger everybody's a right winger who disagrees with the most wackadoodle people and the wackadoodle people susan are running us yes yeah, and, and, and I hate that, that whole right wing thing because um, I think Tim Poole said it this morning. Common sense is labeled right wing. Yeah. If oh, you moderate. dare to have common sense. Susan, mainstream Democrats in LA, JFK Democrats, are considered mm-hmm. right wing kooks. Everybody's yes. Yes. a right wing kook. Oh, um, RFK and, Jr. is a right wing kook. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, there's a lot of things he's saying that I like, but he also I is in denial. Of, he's in denial about the homeless, too. He rejects what Schellenberger is saying. But yeah. I, I, I do appreciate where he's coming from. And God I do, knows, too. I feel like he God, really needs to be heard. Not necessarily no. voted for, but heard. <laughs> no, he, well, no, he does. Now, I, I would even campaign for him just to get his message out there. There, there are some people who need to be heard, uh, whether they're going to get anywhere. And, you know, when the party decides... That you're not the guy, you're not the guy, and so they're they're you know, good luck to him. Yeah. Speaking but. of which, just sit back, pop some popcorn, folks, and watch watch them vivisect, <laughs> vivek. Yeah. After what yeah. he did, he exposed yeah. everybody, and yeah, um, and, they're going to smear him so <clears throat> bad. And you know what's interesting is I think there are things on foreign policy that he does not understand, but he is. I thought he was right about Ronna McDaniel. I thought he was right about why the hell are we on NBC? Uh, we, you know, yeah. it, we, you, you know, this is it's 
that the Republican Party is suicidal. But uh, let's let's move on to something here because uh, I I can't get away from it. You know, uh, look, I, I'm I'm Jewish, and I don't think you have to be Jewish to be. Uh, I'm not as shocked as a lot of people, but it's still shocking when I see what's happening. I have a kid in college now. Uh, this complete lack of understanding uh, of the situation in Israel is horrible. Jews being attacked is horrible. I'm going to make a couple of observations. There is no minority on any campus that if people were running around yelling from the river to the sea and kill all the Jews, this would not be a freedom of speech issue. Academia well, if you were would saying act. kill all they, the Palestinians, they, they would act. Be locked up. Susan, babies were set on fire. Women were raped. People were beheaded. We, up through 1973, the Arabs used to line up armies to fight the Jewish army. That was bad enough. Now, at, since Yasser Arafat, it's just been nothing but attacking innocents as much as possible. Yes. No, it's all, and that's the and, and, there, that's and, the and, and, and the world does not want to listen when Israel says, look, your Hamas headquarters is under a hospital yeah. and you're firing on us from a kindergarten schoolyard and you're sitting here talking about civilian casualties. You've got 240 hostages. You have a nine-month-old, 10-month-old now as a hostage. So, Susan, did you ever think our streets and our universities would be filled with this level of Jew hatred in the post-Holocaust world? Yes. Once I, once I began studying Islam, I knew it was completely possible. And that was when Obama, who I believe is a proud member of the Muslim Brotherhood, um, when he was in office, of course, he's still in office, but we won't go into that. Um, I, you know, they say never again and remain blinkered to what's going on. It's like, I'm sorry, but you know, you still have an ideology, the fastest growing ideology on the planet that believes that everybody following the ideology must kill Jews and that, you know, paradise will not be reached until every Jew is dead. And it doesn't end there, of course. Once all the Jews are dead, then we go after the other infidels. That um, is in, I, I'm going to stop you a second. That is in the Hamas charter. That which is I, it's in, in the Quran it's, and yeah, the Hadith. Yeah, no, I, no, no, I understand. <laughs> I, I understand that it's in the Bible. It's one thing to be in the Bible. That's fine. But understand something. When you, we have a constitution, which I, yeah. <laughs> thank God. Uh, but they have a constitution that says kill the Jews. Yeah, and, and the right. Western, yes. Susan, the Western man and woman must rationalize and self-blame. And what can we do to make them love us? And ignore that, that when they say we want a caliphate around the world and we will wait a thousand years to get it, mm-hmm. the Western man says, oh, it's <laughs> so silly. That's what they mean. Right, right. And they are that patient. And in many ways, you know, I'm going to go on the Bill Maher um, ledge here. It's brilliant. And you have to respect it or else you're not going to treat it seriously. And we also have to remember, and this is what blinds most people, is that, you know, the average Muslim that you know who's such a nice person, they may literally not even know about these things. 
You know, you can't really hold somebody responsible for something they don't know about. However, when push comes to shove, are they going to choose America or Islam? Well, well, let me ask, let me jump in on that note, because I think it's important. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu wrote in his autobiography that came out last year, he said, I always felt that we had to get away from the Palestinian centrality theory, meaning you have to solve that before you can make any peace in the Middle East. He said, no. And by the way, this is another thing that the Trump rejectionists are wrong about. Trump went out and executed four more peace deals. You have Jordan and Egypt, then you have four more. Uh, The Democrats are, oh, we hate Trump, so we're not going to celebrate this. What he's trying to do is, and this is actually a nuts and bolts thing that I, you know, look, I, I, we're going to talk about the Muslim Brotherhood, but there's a nuts and bolts thing here where he's saying, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have as many countries as possible accept and normalize relations with Israel, accept their right to exist Mm -hmm. after 75 years. And we're going to isolate all the really radical ones. Then, then when Saudi Arabia is on the table, as we're going to normalize relations and we're going to, okay, now that doesn't mean there's not jihadists still, but they're going to normalize relations. So now the virus is going to be even more isolated. Iran, Yemen, yes. right? So I'm sorry, folks. Trump's path was right. We can wait for another thousand years for Hamas to decide they want to make peace with the Jews, or you can really try to make some inroads with the parts of the Muslim world that will say, you know what? Normalize. It, it, I don't want war with Israel. This is insane. So, But please continue your thoughts, because I think that was very important that people have ignored Trump's successes, uh, and, oh, and the, yeah. the, that the Palestinian centrality theory uh, is insane. Yes, and um, as the, um, I forget his name, Yusuf, something, son of Hamas, um, yes. he's yeah, been outspoken, yeah. yes. Yeah. And he says, if you, know, if you actually got rid of Hamas, most of the people in Palestine would be jumping for joy. And I used to get people saying to me, well, you know, you didn't hear anybody in the Muslim community denouncing 9-11. I'm like, you have to understand. That doesn't make them guilty. They can't. They can't denounce it. They would be, ostracized would be the least. Not And certainly not in the Middle East. In the no, West, no. they could... You know, Possibly, could, but no, still, still, or, you know, family or, members and such would disown them. Or, or you could see what happened to Salman Rushdie. Right, exactly. So, Susan, you know, you is, can't blame the nice Muslims that you know. I'm just, I just it, want to protect them. Is, uh, no, I, I agree. No, listen, I, I think. Because I know a us, few. <laughs> I, I know a great many who have no interest yeah. in, in messing with any Look, we're in Los Angeles. Talk to any Iranian. Because there's a lot of Iranians who moved here, and 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 I I feel for what happened to Iran, whether they're Muslim, Christian, or Jewish. The Iranians I I meet in Los Angeles, they 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 got out of Iran for a reason, Susan. Yes, yes. They're not, you know, and they're scared of what we're doing. They're they're hoping that we uphold the virtues of this country that they moved here for, and they see us going, oh. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine. Oh, I've lost touch with some of them. I, I, their horror in seeing students chanting from the river to the yeah. sea. It, it reminds me of something. There's, there, and these are these are part and parcel of each other. 
when you meet people who lived in communist Russia, especially when you meet Jews who lived in communist Russia, or you meet people, not even non-Jews, who lived under the Iron Curtain, who have moved here similar to, let's say, Iranian people or Arab people, and, and they come here and they're like, I thought Americans got it. They, they don't get it. They don't hear what yes. I hear. They, they don't get it. Yes. It, and, and, and by the way, immigrants are far better Americans than oh, our than indigenous us? Americans. I, oh, please, they're far better. And, and by the way, yes. what about all the Israelis you talk to here? People who move from Israel to here, and they're like, "Look, I'm Jewish. I'm allowed to say this. In fact, you're allowed to say this." The, I talk to Israelis who move here, and they're like, "Do American Jews get what the hell is going on?" And in seventy-five percent of them don't. About twenty-five percent do. 75% easily. I mean, look at Queers for Palestine. I would really like to do a GoFundMe to get a um, a pride march in Palestine. Oh, get, absolutely. Wouldn't that be great? Fly the pride flag in, in, in Gaza mm -hmm. and then see what happens to you. Do you know what people call uh, Tel Aviv? They call it gay Tel Aviv because it's got a San Francisco quality of it's very mm -hmm. hospitable to the LGBT. And, and, and there's a pride march there and there's gay clubs there. How in the hell are you in queers for Palestine? How, um, because <laughs> you're doing that whole, I'm so cool. I'm so accepting. Oh, Look how cool my I God. am. It's shallow, shallow, shallow and stupid. All right. Well, listen, Susan, <laughs> That's why you have so many celebrities going well, on about all the stupidity oh, they go what the, on about. What's the what's the kitty's name? Is that a short hair? Oh, cat? I'm sorry. Oh, she's very short haired. She's a Sphinx. Bella, uh -oh. say hello. She's very what? affectionate. Oh, they, my gosh. they are a very affectionate breed. I've Beautiful. wanted one for twenty six years. What's her name, Bella? And now I have to Bellatrix. She Bellatrix. she came with her name. She's registered as Bellatrix Lestrange and the baby is um, Jacquat Delahaye. She was named after a pirate, and she's recovering from surgery now, so she has a funnel on her face, and she can't climb up the stairs Bella, to get to Mama. Bellatrix Lestrange, is she named after that oh, heart yes. album? No, the no, heart, not oh, Baby no. Lestrange. <laughs> um, no, Bellatrix is the character in Harry Potter, All right. and we well, love Harry Potter. Oh, well, listen... <laughs> All right, okay. listen. They're very affectionate, I, Bella. I'm sorry. You have to I, go. No, she, you have she to has, in your little hammock. Okay, she has needs. It's fine. Susan, <laughs> I, uh, Susan, here's the thing. You're, you're going to have to block me on your phone if you don't want to hear from me because I want to speak with you on some kind of regular basis oh, about yeah, whatever the yeah. hell is going on in the world. And, and I, I can't thank you enough for being on uh, the show today. We're going to close Anytime, with this. Anytime. I mean that literally. <clears throat> thank you. We're going to close with this. You told me a funny story. Uh, people saw uh, the HGTV thing where they redid the the Brady House, but once you once told me that you had never been to the Brady House until you were um, until maybe ten years ago when someone pulled you up in the Oscar Mayer hot dog car. Yes, is that right? I yes, my was... friend Allie Willis, God rest her soul, she was the writer of many um, Earth, Wind, and Fire hits like Oh yeah. Um, September and Boogie Wonderland and um, the theme from Friends. Nice. Um, and uh, she and I became friends 
And she called me up one night. And she goes, I'm going to have the, I get to play with the Wienermobile. You don't, you don't get to drive it. She goes, but I get to have it for a day and I can invite two friends. Oh dear, my hair is going cuckoo. Um, and I, I've chosen um, Charles Phoenix and you. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yes. So we get in the Wienermobile. And she's like, we're very close to the Brady Bunch house. And I said, I've never been. She goes, that's where we're going. And, and you grew up in the valley and, and you grew up in the valley and you'd never been there. Well, it was partly in in respect for my nine-year-old self who went to the ah. producers and said, why did you pick that house for the exterior shots? It couldn't possibly be this house because it's a, it's a one-story house. And they said, I'll have you know that if you walk in that house, it looks just like this set. So I wanted to be an architect. I was a very serious kid, very literal, kept trying to think, how could it be? How could it be? Even the second floor doesn't fit on top of the first floor. Yeah, how could yeah. this possibly be? And I went to my mother and she said, honey, they were just, just trying to shut you up. <laughs> and so when we did the HGTV show, it was like vengeance. You know, I mean, um, it's like, see, nine-year-old Susan, you were right. It well, didn't Susan, anything. Susan. <laughs> It didn't work. It didn't work. They couldn't shut you up. And thank God they couldn't shut you up. Thank Any God tried. they couldn't shut you up. All right. I I cannot thank you enough for uh, coming on the show. And we will do this uh, at some point again soon. I I love you. And I, I thank love you. you too. Thank you so much. Mwah. And congratulations on the new show. Thank you. Thank you.